It's the Magic Time Podcast, brought to you by Herb Foundation Media. Good morning and welcome to episode 11 of the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires and very pleased to be joined once again by the head coach of the Moncton Magic, Joe Salerno. Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning, Scott. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, I know that we had a little bit of snow here in the uh, Truro area, but we were just chatting a little bit before we came on, and uh, you were saying that a uh, little bit of little bit of snow up on Moncton's way as well. Yeah, we did. We got we got pounded with snow uh, last night, and actually, my my plow for some reason didn't show up this morning. So I was <laughs> I was out shoveling it. I had a hands on approach to this uh, this snowstorm. <laughs> now, now, do you have kid sized shovels that you can give to your two kids and get them out there? Oh, they were both out there. Yep. <laughs> Whether they wanted to be or not, they were uh, they were out there. Oh well, that's the joys of living <laughs> in the Maritimes. And I guess being from Vermont, big snowfalls wouldn't be that big a shock. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, I actually think we get uh, we get a little more snow uh, in Vermont than we do here in the in the Maritimes. Certainly not as cold, and, and certainly not as you know as high of a snowdrift. You know because of the wind and whatnot, but. Uh, no, snow and, and large amounts of snow is nothing new to me. Well, uh, snow aside, I know we're almost through January, getting down the stretch into February and March. Uh, it's going to be a busy month at home for the Moncton Magic. But before we even get to there, let's talk about a couple of really big wins for the Moncton Magic at home on, under, excuse me, uh, over to very tough division rivals. First up, uh, midweek last week. You took on the Island Storm, who have been your nemesis all year, but uh, a very good performance. Just quickly, your thoughts on the one thirteen eighty eight win that you had over the Storm? I thought it was a it was a very good win for us. Um, obviously, they're an opponent that we had struggled against a little bit this season, but um, you know the guys played a, a pretty complete game. You know, I thought on both ends of the floor, I thought our offense was clicking and. And we were getting a lot of good open looks. And then, um, you know, defensively, I thought we did a great job. You know, the Storm can be a, a pretty explosive scoring team. Um, you know, so to hold them to, to less than 90, you know, it certainly tells me that, that we were kind of on point with what we wanted to do defensively. And uh, and the guys went out there and they, they kind of executed that game plan. So a uh, really solid win. And it was, it was certainly a, a, a nice win to get. Now, defensively, certainly what a job you guys did on – a person that can light it up offensively for sure, Franklin Session. You held Session to seven points. How big a key was that holding him down? Oh, that was big. I mean, it was really big. I mean, Franklin is, you know, uh, he's certainly one of the more talented offensive players uh, in the NBL, and, and he was certainly somebody that we had talked about an awful lot leading up to that game and, and kind of how we wanted to uh, to defend him. Um you know, I thought both Corey Allman and, and Anthony Anderson did a did a pretty good job on on Franklin that night. Um, you know, but actually, I mean, I thought we also did a pretty good job on, on Devon Maxwell. You know, I think only had 14 points. So, you know, holding those two guys to a combined 21 points when they're averaging, you know, close to 40 uh, together on the season was was certainly a, a victory for us, and it, it certainly helped us, uh, you know, get a pretty convincing win. Now, for me, a couple of keys in that game was the the fourth quarter uh, that the Magic had. Uh, you know, crunch time when it gets down to the final 12 minutes. You guys outscored the Storm 28-18 to 18 in that fourth quarter. The other thing, Coach, maybe just comment on that I saw 
was that you guys got up and you built a double-digit lead, and a couple of times, as you knew they would, the Island Storm made some runs. But as I said a couple of times on the broadcast, the magic bent, but they didn't break. What were a couple of keys to to what you guys were doing, both offensively and defensively, that even though the Storm were making the run, you held them at bay and you never let them come all the way back? Yeah, well, we, I mean, we always say, you know, when teams are, are going to make runs, and it, it's so it's so difficult to hold a double-digit lead against any team in this league. You know, if you get up 15 to 20 early in a game, um, you know, teams are going to, they're going to make the run. We all know that. So I think for us, we just talk about when a team is starting to make a run, you know, you really have to focus on just getting good quality offensive possessions, you know, not taking quick shots or four shots or low percentage shots, you know, getting the looks that you want by, by really kind of focusing on executing offense and, and getting good shots. And uh, I thought we did that in the fourth quarter. I thought, you know, Corey Allman had 14 points uh, in the fourth quarter of that game. You know, but those were all shots that he got within the flow of the offense and, and shots we were trying to get him. And then, of course, on the defensive end, it was just reiterating the fact that, um, you know, let, let's not get down on ourselves. We'll stay mentally tough here that, that you know, they've cut this to 10 um, and, and teams are going to do that. We know that, you know, we still have to just continue to play with the same amount of intensity um, and not get down on each other, not point fingers when, when a team goes on a, a 6-0 run. Um, you know, we're all in that together. And, and that, that's just kind of what we were talking about in timeouts. And, uh, you know, I was really proud of the way that they, they kind of closed out that game. Now, of course, you got the momentum from that game. I know it was a, a big team win on a lot of levels. Uh, and then you come back a couple of days later. You welcome the Halifax Hurricanes into the Moncton Coliseum for the first time this season. Halifax coming off a drubbing over the London Lightning. Uh, they pretty much handled business big time against the Lightning at home at the Scotiabank Centre. So you knew Halifax was going to be riding a bit of a high. And again, you guys came out very strong the first five minutes. The intensity was there. Communication was there. And the Magic set the tone from the very first tip-off of that game. And you came away with a 109-99 game. A huge third quarter for you guys, Coach, 38-26. And maybe just a couple of comments uh, on a very big win over Halifax. Uh, yes, I mean, it was a big win for, for sure. And Halifax is... You know, at the time, I think they, they were playing probably better than anybody in the NBL coming into that game. Um, it, the, the game felt like it had a, a bit of a playoff atmosphere. You know, I thought that it had that type of intensity. And, and that's something that, you know, Halifax up sure has to kind of deal with in all their games. You know, they, they do have a target on their back, you know, having won the Atlantic Division, you know, I think the last three consecutive seasons. So, um, you know, they've, they've been the team to be in this conference. So I think they always get every team's best shot. Um, you know, I think our team this year and with some of the players that we have, you know, I think, I think whether we know it or not, you know, the guys want to kind of prove to people that, you know, we feel that we're also a top contender in this division. So uh, I just think the guys came in with a, with a very tough mindset. You know, they wanted to protect home court. We knew Halifax was going to be a tough opponent. <clears throat> and we kind of had to keep that that level of intensity the entire game, which which we did. And um, I just thought it was it was a, a great win and a very intense atmosphere, and uh, you know, obviously a great game. I'm sure for fans to watch. So uh, just really pleased with Saturday night as a whole, the the outcome of the game, the way we played, uh, the fans that were there. It was it was the best crowd we had all season at the Coliseum. So uh, it was a good night for us. 
Yeah, it was a tremendous crowd, and they were really into it, and they were treated to a fantastic game. You mentioned a playoff-like atmosphere. Coach, from our broadcast position, my partner and I, Dave Tingley, we had a view, and I would say, in my humble opinion, that it's the most intense physical matchup that I've seen the Magic have. You guys, I think I put a comment on social media after the game that it was like two heavyweights going toe-to-toe. Maybe just your thoughts on just the physicality of that game. And the other thing is, there was nothing dirty. There was no real cheap shots. It was just two two teams going at it. What, you know, what were you, what was it like being on the sideline watching it? <clears throat> oh, but more of the same <laughs> from from what you just saw. But I mean, we had talked all week about um, we kind of wanted to take the, the physicality of the game to to Halifax. Um, they are a very big physical team. You know, you, you look at all the athletes on, on Halifax's team, from Antoine Mason to Zimmerman and Tyrone Watson, and, and, and these guys are just in, in great shape, and, and they're tremendous athletes. And, um, you know, so, so for us, we had to kind of prove right out of the gate, like, you know, we're, we're not going to get pushed around. We're going to match your physicality. Um, and I thought we did that. And you're, you're right, when it was, it was kind of two heavyweights going blow for blow, and, and there wasn't anything dirty. I think it was two opponents that have an awful lot of mutual respect for each other. Um, we know how good Halifax is and, and what they've done in this league over the last few years. You know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm very close with Mike Leslie over there. who's done a great job his, his first season and a half with Halifax. Uh, but at the same time, I think Halifax, you know, they know a lot of our guys. They know Terry Thomas and Anthony Anderson and Al Stewart and, and everything that those guys have accomplished in this league. So uh, I think any time that, that those two teams hook up, it's, it's going to be a, a well – you know, fought game and just kind of a hard fought game with, with a lot of respect, uh, you know, in between the lines there. And maybe just a final thought before we move on, but, you know, to your point about the mutual respect, you saw it in the handshakes after the game when the two teams came together and were, you know, just kind of high five and shaking hands, hugging one another. There is an obvious level of mutual respect. And, and again, from a coaching perspective, what's it like to witness that? Because, I mean, during the game, you're going at each other hard. You want to get the win, and you're going to battle for it. But when it's all said and done, when you just see a group of professionals coming together with that mutual respect, what does that mean to you as a coach, and what kind of things do you take away from that? Well, it makes, it makes you proud as a coach, and, and you know, it makes you proud of your team and your players, and, and it, it makes you proud of the league, too, you know, when, when another team. And, and um, you know, there's, there's really there's no nonsense when we play Halifax, and I, I think that's – you know, also a reflection of, of just kind of how we handle ourselves uh, as an organization, uh, both us and Halifax. And just, you know, you want to be professional all the time. And and uh, I think that's a reflection, obviously, too, of Mike uh, over in Halifax. Him and I, I think, feel, you know, uh, we have a lot of mutual feelings on, on how our players should act and, and the respect that they have for other, you know, great teams and, and good players. So uh, it's really nice to see. It's, it's nice to see. And, again, that's the way it, it kind of should be. You know, this isn't, this shouldn't ever be anything personal. This is basketball. It's, it's a game. Uh, it's your job and, and you should handle it in a professional manner. And I think, you know, that was on display in that, that game against Halifax. Neat to see as well. Uh, the crowd really appreciating it and something nice that the magic do. They started it right from the first home game at the end of a game, win or lose, they go out to that logo. They kind of do a little huddle and then, and then they salute the crowd. And, uh, Again, we're going to move on, but it really seems, Coach, and maybe just one final thought on it, but that the uh, 
the bond and the familiarity between uh, the team and the fans is really starting to build. Yeah, I think so. I and mean, we were certainly appreciative of, of, uh, of how great the crowd was that night. Um, you know, we've, we've been pretty solid at home this year. I think we're eight and three and, and, you know, a couple of those losses were you know, by, by a few points here or there. So I think we've been tough at home and, and we definitely appreciate the fans that come out and, and, and kind of root us on. So, um, no, I think that's just the way that the guys showing their appreciation to the fans. Now we'll talk about some uh, tweaks, if you will, that you made to the starting five. Uh, you know, a, a very veteran group that you have, and I'm sure that sometimes when you're filling out that lineup card and you're trying to decide who your starting five are going to be and who's going to get those starting minutes, it can be tough sometimes. But, you know, you, you did make uh, a couple of uh, changes, uh, in most notably inserting Corey Almond and Denzel Taylor into the starting lineup. And we'll get into their uh, numbers in a little more depth here in a moment. But maybe just uh, what your thinking was behind making those changes and bringing Corey and Denzel into that starting five. Yeah, well, I mean, Denzel, first and foremost, I mean, he, he's he's actually started a few games for us this season. And <clears throat> Denzel's the, he's kind of a, you know, utility infielder. He, he's probably going to get starts in games that we, we like the matchup better, you know, where maybe it's a, a bit of a more active uh, score in the post. You know, we feel that Denzel is, is one of our, uh, you know, one of our better interior defenders. You know, that's why he got the start that night against C.J. Washington in the Halifax game. Uh, you know, the Storm game with Denzel, you know, we were looking to, to just be more active and go with a small lineup, you know, as the Storm kind of likes to play. And uh, we just felt it was kind of a better matchup than, than Anthony Cox, you know, per se, or, or someone else. So uh, Denzel, you know, is going to get starts when the, the matchups are right. And, um, you know, that, that, that's, you know, he could potentially start on, on Friday night or not. Um, Corey, on the other hand, it was it was definitely a conscious move to, to a shake up the starting lineup a little bit. We've been getting off to some slow starts lately. Um, you know, I feel like we're there's been times where we've gotten a lot of good looks to start games, and we we just haven't knocked down shots out of the gate. So I wanted to add a little more perimeter shooting um, to that that starting lineup, and, and obviously you're doing that when you had a guy like Corey Allman, and uh, he obviously responded extremely well and, and had a couple of great games. So um, yeah, I mean the nice thing is with this team. Guys don't they don't care you know they, they don't they don't care who starts it doesn't bother them um, you know if it's what's going to be what's best for the team and then they're on board with it and that's just a real kind of pleasure to to coach those type of players so um, it shows me that that our team has kind of bought in and um, you know it was great well sometimes uh, one of the most thankless jobs in sports is the coach when they make a decision if it goes well you can be a genius if not well you can kind of face the wrath of the fans, but yeah. certainly the moves definitely paying off. I mean, if you look at the numbers for Corey and Denzel from the, the last two home games versus the Island Storm in Halifax, against the Island Storm, Corey, 7 of 13 from the floor, including 6 of 10 for three from three, 21 points. Denzel, big night on the glass, nine rebounds, five on the offensive side, four on the defensive side. And then they just kept it going against Halifax, Corey, just went off from the floor, putting up shots from everywhere, 8 of 21 from the field, but 6 of 15 from outside the arc for 22. And then Denzel, the magic player of the game in that one, he played 34 minutes, coach, 12 offensive rebounds, 2 defensive for 14, and he chipped in 15 points. 
So when you see those numbers, I know that you don't like to focus too much on numbers. It's a team game. But uh, how much were you smiling when uh, you looked at the, the two lines, especially from those two guys who got those starting roles in those two games? I mean, I, I was pleased with, with both of their performances, uh, you know, really in both games. Um, you know, Corey putting up those type numbers, I mean, we, we've seen it before this season. When, when Corey gets hot, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do about it, you know, other than, than foul him. And um, I thought we just did a nice job putting him in a position to get open looks. And, and then he, you know, fulfilled his end of things and knocked down those shots. So so that that was nice to see. And, um, you know, 21 field shot attempts for, for Corey, it's, it's probably a little high, but, but he knows why he was kind of inserted into that, that starting lineup. And that was to, to get shots and, and knock them down. Uh, Denzel was, was just outstanding, um, especially in the Halifax game. And you, you really can't, you know, talk about him enough and in, in kind of the effort that he had, he was, he was everywhere, you know, all over the glass. And you're talking about, I think the youngest player on our team, you know, a true rookie who plays undersized. And, and in my opinion, was going up against the best front court in, in the NBL uh, in Halifax. So for him to have that kind of game was just extremely impressive. And, and um, I was very happy for him and, and the guys showed him an awful lot of support and, and we kind of fed off of him. You know, we really kind of fed off his energy. I, I pointed him out at halftime, which is pretty rare that, that I do. I point out a, a single guy's performance and effort at halftime and, and tell the guys, Hey, we need a little bit more of this from everybody. Um, but I think it went a long way, and, and um, you know, Denzel was just too spectacular. And sometimes something you hear in sports, you know, quite a lot, whether it's cliche or not, but you do hear it, they'll say this particular player has a blank IQ, so a great basketball IQ or a great football IQ, what have you. And I, I mention this because maybe I'll just get your comment on Denzel's basketball IQ. And But what I mean by that is what really caught me about his performance in particular against Halifax was the rebounds he was getting, they weren't just luck. He was almost like he was anticipating three and four moves ahead, who was going to get the ball, what they were going to do, how it was going to come off the rim or the glass, and he was right there. Maybe just you know a couple of words on, on that level of Denzel's ability to be able to read the play and to kind of know even beforehand where he needs to be on the floor. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really good. <laughs> Denzel's a, he's, a, he's a really good player. He's a great rebounder, but that's what he's always done. Um, you know, it's very similar to, to Corey Almond um, when you talk about him and, and his ability to shoot the basketball, you know, or Jason Calise. Um, Denzel, I mean, rebounding is his job. It's what he's always done. It's, it's what has allowed him to play at extremely high levels. You know, he was a four-year starter at Old Dominion University, which is a very good Division One NCAA program. Uh, he started there for four years. He never averaged more than five points a game. But he, but he maintained that starting role, and, and there's a reason for that. And, and that reason is, is his ability to, to rebound the basketball. So uh, he's just a guy that's kind of perfected, you know, what he does. Um, and he brings that to the table for us. That's his role, and, and he knows that. And he certainly fulfilled it uh, – on Saturday night against Halifax. And by all accounts, he's uh, one heck of a good post-game interview as well, or at least that's what uh, my partner Dave Tingley was telling me, that uh, Denzel was uh, just a delight on the mic afterwards. So he's got a little bit of uh, personality working for him too, Coach. Yeah, which is interesting because he's the quietest guy. You know, I was actually – he's the quietest guy on our team. He, he, he rarely ever speaks if he's not spoken to. And um, 
yeah, so to so to hear him kind of, I, I listened to the interview after the game, and it, it yeah, it came. He's a natural, you know, it came easy to him. So uh, that was great. He's he's just such a great addition to our team, and and uh, we all know what Denzel does for us, and, and we certainly all appreciate you know him doing the dirty work and uh, and kind of being that guy. Good Canadian kid from Brampton, Ontario. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You get those two big wins, obviously emotionally you're on a high uh but now you've got to take a couple of days off you had the game saturday night against halifax that's two wins in a row at home you guys are like in the zone in the flow playing well but now you got days off leading up to your trip the end of this week uh, over to st john's newfoundland what's the last couple of days been like and uh, you know did you get a day or two of downtime after that saturday win but what's the last few days of uh prep been like for you and for the team yeah, we did. We actually gave him two days, two days off, uh, off the court anyway, um, Sunday and Monday, which is sometimes that's, that's pretty rare. Uh, it's pretty rare that we have, we have two days off like that. Um, you know, but we were back at it, you know, working with, with our strength coach this week on, uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday or, or this morning, um, film sessions in, in practice, you know, I, to me, it's, it's kind of nice for the guys to take a little bit of a breath. This is really kind of the first, time that you know we've had what five or six days in between games so just trying to to be smart about it giving them the rest that's needed uh to recover from a couple kind of nagging injuries but at the same time you know being prepared for for an edge team that we haven't seen you know since opening day for us um so good practice yesterday you know we have a film session here shortly uh today and then another practice and then of course we'll uh we'll have a travel day tomorrow and then um you know, probably another film session and walk through on, on Friday before we, we tip off there at mile one. Now, this trip over to St. John's, it is the first trip for the Moncton Magic over to uh, St. John's, the newest franchise in the National Basketball League. And uh, I am a native Newfoundlander, was born in St. John's. So uh, I know the city, I know the people well. And uh, coach, we were talking beforehand, uh, but this is going to be your first ever trip over to the rock basketball aside, what are you looking forward to most? Oh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, that's, that's pretty, I mean, I travel a lot, right. You, you travel a lot in this profession and whether it's recruiting or, or in season, so you get to go a lot of places and, and meet a lot of different people and, and see a lot of different kind of cultures. And, uh, but I'm, I'm just, I don't remember the last time I was this excited to kind of go and, and see someplace new. Um, yeah. I've, I've been able to speak to a couple of people over in Newfoundland over the phone just dealing with, with kind of travel accommodations and arrangements over the last couple of days and just really, really nice people that I've spoke to. And, and they certainly seem like they have a lot of characters. So uh, yeah, genuinely excited to go over there and just kind of meet, meet some of the people. And, and uh, you know, obviously I've heard a lot about George street and, and kind of check that out. And um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited about the, about the trip. Well, I, <laughs> You definitely would have heard about George Street, and you said a key word, character. Again, you're you're going to really enjoy it. Uh, they're a wonderful, wonderful people. Are the Newfoundland and Labradorians, and uh, you know St. John's will. I think it will uh, have a very positive effect on you. But it's kind of nice. You get a couple of days over there. I don't know how much time you might have uh, for yourself or the team to do a couple of things, but. George Street is uh, highly recommended, but certainly soak up some of the atmosphere of the city. It's uh, a beautiful combination of old world Europe and modern day North America. Uh, check out Signal Hill. Um, Cabot Tower is an old brick building up there. The first ever wireless transmission by Marconi was sent from there. So 
you can soak up lots of history. I guess, are, are you going to have much downtime or how much downtime will you have to maybe soak up some of the atmosphere of the city? Uh, n- not a ton. Uh, we, we don't land until I believe 5:45 on, on Thursday. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I try to make, make a habit of that. You know, whenever I, I go somewhere new or, or travel to a, a different city I haven't been to, I always try to find some time at least to, to walk around, at least to go for a walk and, and kind of stop into some new shops or, or certainly ask around for a, a decent restaurant. Um, I think Friday, you know, or, or Saturday, you know, in between shoot around and in our film sessions, uh, I'll have a little bit of time in the afternoon. So, um, you know, I'll try to take, you know, advantage of that and, and make the most of it. I don't know the next time I'll, I'll head back over to Newfoundland. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get out a little bit and, and see some things. I certainly have heard of, of Signal Hill and, uh, you know, I, I think I'll definitely find time to make a trip over there. Yeah, it's beautiful. The the view down over the city and the harbor from there is spectacular. The other thing, Coach, you know, depending on areas that you go, there are particular foods that are iconic to an area. So uh, if you get a chance, you, it's very difficult to go to Newfoundland and certainly to go to St. John's without having fish and chips or, as it's called over there, a little fee and chi. Now, are, are you going to try fish and chips? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of fish and chips. I'm, I'm certainly going to try that. I've heard that before, um, that I, that I need to try that, you know, when I go over there. So I'll definitely make my way to a, a pub or a diner of some sort and, 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 and try a, a fish and chips, uh, for sure. Excellent. Well, I, I definitely think you will enjoy it. And the great thing about it is almost anywhere that you would choose around the city for fish and chips, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's kind of what I was assuming. So I, I don't think I can go wrong there. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to, to, again, meeting some of the people. Um, you know, I was calling, I was talking to a, a bus company um, just about transport from the airport to uh, to the hotel, and, and the guy on the phone was, was probably one of the nicest people <laughs> I've ever spoke to on a phone who I, who I didn't know, and, you know, he was he was telling me, you know, oh, you know, God bless you, we'll get, we'll get you there, you know, right quick, and, and uh, you, you could just kind of pick up on, on uh, just just really genuinely nice kind of uh, people. And, you know, I was smiling when I got off the phone with them, so I'm certainly looking forward to, to going over. Listen, there's no question about it. I, I tell friends who have never been to St. John's, when I try to, to surmise it up as much as I can in terms of the friendliness and the way the people are there in the city, I said St. John's is one of the only places that I've ever been to that if I decided that I wanted to go out for a beverage to a, a pub or a tavern, if I walked in and I didn't know a soul, if I was open to and wanted to, I could be sitting at a table with a bunch of people within five minutes and they would treat me like their best friend. And that's the best way I can describe the friendliness of St. John's. And again, you're you're going to have a good time. Now, I know that there's going to be a little bit of basketball mixed in there as well. So we're going to wrap this up shortly, Coach, because I know you're busy. But let's talk a little bit about the St. John's Edge team. You mentioned, haven't seen them since the beginning of the year. They still have their... Uh, usual suspects, so to speak, in Grandy Glaze and in Carl English and and Charles Hinkle, but they've they've made some other changes to the team. As you look at this team now, what are going to be a couple of keys for you guys to go over there and to have some success against the St. John's Edge team on the road in a very tough place to play, the Mile One Center? Yeah, that, and that's one thing we've talked about is, as far as. Um... I think how tough of a place that it's it's going to be to play. Uh, they've had great crowds over there, you know, four to 5,000 people at their games. And, um, you know, for us, I, I feel like a trend with the, with the magic here that we've had this year, you know, when, when things are going great, we can be really, really tough, you know, but when a team kind of maybe jumps on us or they go on a, a 10-0 run and, 
um, you know, we need to play with that same energy as if we're up, you know, five or six. And, and that's something we talked about yesterday at practice, because I think it is going to be a difficult place to play. It seems like the fans are extremely supportive over there. They're very excited about, about the, uh, the new franchise in, in St. John's. So uh, in front of a large crowd in a building you've never been in before, you know, you have to kind of uh, understand that it, it's going to be a difficult situation. And, and we just have to kind of stay positive with, with whatever happens. But uh, as far as the team itself, you know, they have a lot of very good players and, um, you know, Carl English, you, you really can't allow English and Hinkle, you know, to both have big games. I think if you if both those guys are going for, you know, 20 plus with, with all the other role players that they have that are that are very good players, you're really going to put yourself in a, in a tough situation. So, you know, we'll certainly focus uh, very hard on at least one of those two two players. And, and then, you know, Alex Johnson is the other guy. I think that's He's been a very good player in this league for, for a while, and I always think he's been a little little underrated. Um, he's kind of the engine over there, and, and he really kind of makes that team go. So also trying to contain him and, and limit his playmaking abilities is something we want to try to do, you know, similar to maybe, you know, Franklin Sessions. So uh, we're going to have our hands full. They're, they're a great team. They have good size. They have good shooters. Um, you know, and, and we just kind of have to, to go in and, and play our game and, and really try to make defending a priority and, and then kind of let the offense fall into place. Now, you're going to be over there for a couple of games, and you made an interesting comment to me actually the other night uh, when you played Halifax at the Coliseum. Uh, we were just kind of chatting casually, you know, well before the game during shoot-around, and I had commented that of all the teams that I had seen warm up at the Coliseum, I don't know that I'd ever seen – every member of the visiting team out there at once. I, I commented, I said, gosh, it's like there's 30 Halifax Hurricanes out there. And you kind of looked at me with a knowing grin and said, well, you know, it's their first time in the building. So they're, you know, getting used to the lighting, the depth perception, the rims. That being the case with you guys, how much extra time do you hope to, or would you like to see the guys just get out on that mile one center floor just to kind of get used to the, to the stands in behind, you know, the depth perception, the rims, all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll want to be up there as much as possible. And, and I think, you know, with Halifax, you know, it's a lot of those guys have played in the Coliseum before, but but even the, the floor being new, you know, or, or different colors, painting a different color. I mean, you just kind of want to try to get familiar with, with your surroundings. Um, you know, we're actually, we'll have a shoot around there on, on Friday morning uh, at 10 o'clock. So we'll have at least an hour of, of floor time there. Friday, which is great. Um, you know, we'll probably get there a little bit earlier that evening than what we, we normally would. And, um, you know, normally it's required. Our guys are on the floor, you know, at least 80 minutes, you know, before the game starts. And we'll probably make that a, a little bit sooner as well. We'll kind of make that earlier. So uh, we just want the guys to get out there and get as many shots up as they can. And, and again, try to familiarize themselves with, with the, the depth uh, you know, of the arena and, and, and what it's like to shoot in there. So because that does play a factor. You know, it can be difficult when the first time you've ever been to a new building, and, you know, especially with, with 4,000, you know, Newfoundland fans in there screaming at you. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. But we'll definitely try to take advantage of our of our time on their court uh, before Friday night's tip-off. And, of course, uh, for fans of the Moncton Magic in the National Basketball League, you'll be able to go to the Moncton Magic website, and get the link for the uh, live stream broadcasts uh, from Mile One Center there in St. John's. And before we let you go, Coach, uh, to, to keep in uh, in tradition of our podcast, we'll we'll wind up with some non-basketball talk. 
Of course, you are a New England Patriots fan, and we've talked previously about the fact that uh, the D.C. sniper, Corey Allman, is a, a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Uh, obviously, you think New England's going to win. Uh, give me a score, Coach, and why? Boy, that's tough. Yeah, you know, the guys just yesterday, they were starting to talk, you know, kind of taking some some action on the game. And, and I think I heard actually Corey and Double A. You know, we're both going to take action on on Philadelphia. Um, I'm going to have to chat with them a little more about that today, and and, and see what the line is that they're giving. But uh, you know, I I think Philly's going to be tough. I, I really do, and and I do see New England getting down in that game uh, again. And and I think I, I see a second half comeback by Tom Brady. I know that's that's pretty easy to predict, can, you know, considering the, the amount of times that he's done that. But um, I will say New England by a touchdown, and uh, I'll say 31-24 New England. Yeah, that's – I was going to give you an over-under of 50, so you you went with the over with 31-24. And, it's you know, it's interesting. You know, we we talk a lot of times when you and I have these chats about uh, other coaches and coaches in other sports, and I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so it's hard for me to like anything about the Patriots. However (laughs) – it's hard not to like uh, Bill Belichick. And uh, he was asked a question yesterday by a reporter. And, and reporters always trying to get something out of Coach Belichick, right? And the I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the question was along the lines of, you know, you've been, this is your eighth Super Bowl. You know, uh, what's the biggest difference in this one compared to all the others? And, uh, it's in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, like, yeah <laughs> as only Belichick said, it's in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I stole your punchline there, Scott. Yeah, no, and that's—I I saw the uh, the same interview, and, and um, yeah, it's great. It's classic, classic Bill Belichick. I mean, I could also see you know Greg Popovich saying that, and um, he, you know what? I, I think whether he likes it or not, he, he's kind of become entertaining in those type of interviews. I know reporters would like to hear a little more from him or a little more content, but. Um, yeah, it's almost a little bit of a sideshow. I, I think I think Belichick knows what he's doing there, and uh, it's pretty entertaining to, to watch him in those those interviews. But um, I don't know. I, I do think the Super Bowl is going to be a good game, and I do think it is going to be high scoring. Um, but but again, there's no way I would ever I would ever bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick uh, in the Super Bowl. I just I just wouldn't do it. Although I did see uh, yesterday in Vegas there was a, a one million dollar uh, wager placed on on Philly um you know Philly and I think they were getting four or five points so you know I think there's a lot of believers in in Philly out there and um I think it'll be a great game looking forward to watching it well that's the one thing about sports one of the reasons I love sports is that there's no script uh and uh was it Herm Edwards the the quote that's why you play the game yeah yeah you still gotta you still gotta buckle up the chin strap writing and go out and play or, or lace up the sneakers and Man, isn't that the truth when it comes to, to the NBL? Um, when you talk about, you know, teams beating each other and, and it, like you, you always still have to go out and, and play the game. The ball still has to go up and, and um, you know, it just makes for, for exciting. That, that's why people, I think, love sports. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we talked about it at the very beginning of the season uh, when we did the very first podcast. You commented about how all the teams had improved. The new team, St. John's, was good. And that, uh, you know, it was going to be a, a pretty even season all the way down. And and if you look at, you know, the games and the matchups, you know, one night London goes out and, and destroys a team and then turns around and, you know, 
they lose by 30. You guys might have a tough night against a team that, you know, you would expect to beat and then turn around and, and beat them big the next time. Can you maybe put a finger, I know we're going a little longer than I thought, but can you maybe put a finger on what it's like this year trying to even get a feel for who's going to be there at the end and what to expect? No, I, I don't think you can. I, I really don't. Um, I don't think you can can expect or predict, you know, really anything on, on any night. I mean, you, you look at Cape Breton, you know, they kind of put a pretty good beating on us there, you know, last week in Cape Breton. Uh, we come back and, and beat the Storm by 25, and then the Storm go to Cape Breton and, and beat them. So, I mean, it's just – that's the way this league just – it always is. Um, and, you know, I think it's attributed to the talent of the league, and certain guys get hot on certain nights. And, um, no, it just it just makes for good basketball, and it certainly makes, you know, every team just focused on the fact they have to come out and play their best every night to, to try to get a win. So, um, you know, it certainly makes our job more difficult, but it makes it great for the fans and of, of the league. So it's, uh, I think it's great. I think it's great for the league. And, uh, final thing for you before we wrap it up, uh, your son is, uh, quite the, uh, budding photographer. When, where did he pick up this yeah. photography bug? Yeah, he, he, he did. He actually, um, and I saw, I saw a photo we took of you and, and Dave Tingley there, uh, posted on your social media, I actually showed it to him last night and he was pretty excited about that um uh, he met one of our photographers one of our magic photographers jason bowie uh at a game here a few weeks back and my son's a pretty outgoing guy and he just said hey you know mind if i take a couple of pictures you know with your with your camera and uh jason was great with him and he said sure and uh he loved it you know he had a great time he actually asked for a, a camera for christmas which which santa brought him and uh so yeah, he brings his camera to each game now. He has a media pass, you know, here from the Magic, and uh, he's taking a couple good shots. He actually has a kind of a large framed photo of, that he took of I think Anthony Cox uh, in his room. That uh, you know was his own work, and he's pretty proud of it. So it's it's, it's fun to to see him kind of uh, you know dabble in new things, and, and believe me, he dabbles in a lot of things. And right <laughs> now, it's, it's photography, so uh, it's no, it's, it's a lot of fun for him. Well, I got to ask you, Coach, uh, you know, I, I've got three kids of my own, and I always enjoy engaging uh, young people in conversation. Uh, your son, after, like, I, I had a chat with him probably about five minutes about photography. I asked him a bunch of questions, and uh, he, he tells me that his favorite kind of picture to take is an action shot when somebody's actually doing something. And he was very demonstrative yeah. showing me this. But, but Coach, talking to your son it's like I was talking to a 30-year-old that got shrunk down to a little person. What, what is he like at home? Yeah, oh, man, he's uh, – well, he talks a lot. <laughs> he's certainly talkative, and, and he, uh, he knows a little bit about everything. And, um, you know, yeah, he's, he's the classic kind of seven-year-old, seven going on 27. And uh, <laughs> I think a lot of that is because he's been around, you know, so many of my teams, and he's in the locker room, and he's with the guys a lot, and – and, um, yeah, you know, I mean, he's just got to experience an awful lot of things at a pretty young age. And I like to think of him as a, a pretty well-rounded uh, little guy. And, um, no, he's great. He's just a, a really kind of fun-loving kid who's willing to try anything. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud of him for that. He's, uh, he's a good kid. Yeah, well, it was pretty cool. The chat we had with him was pretty cool. And uh, the, uh, the grin on his face and the energy in him, it's, uh, it, it makes you remember what it was like to be a kid. And, and uh, you kind of feed off of that energy. So, no, that was a lot of fun. And again, yeah, that, that picture he took that I put up on my Instagram, uh, 
you gave him the photo credit as well. That was very cool. So, uh, final thing, Coach, listen, uh, have a great trip. I know you're flying out of Halifax tomorrow. Enjoy St. John's. Soak up the atmosphere. But again, in Canada, they talk about the Las Vegas situation when visiting teams go into Vegas and the distractions. You probably already know, but George Street and St. John's, it can be the same way. So be careful. <laughs> Well, we've talked about that, and, and we've kind of said, hey, you know what, guys? We play uh, Friday night, we play Saturday, and we fly out Sunday. Why don't you guys check out George Street on Saturday night and not <laughs> Friday? And, and I think the guys will be on board with that. Well, the other thing to remind fans is that the Newfoundland time zone is a half hour ahead of the Atlantic time zone. So the game starts for Atlantic time will be on the half hour. So just keep that in fan in mind, fans. And again, you can check out the Moncton Magic taking on the St. John's Edge. It should be two excellent games. Go to the Moncton Magic website, and you'll be able to get the link to the live stream. Coach, thank you very much for doing this again. And again, safe travels. Enjoy St. John's and the people over there. And of course, best of luck getting a couple of W's over at Mile One Center. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Scott. Thank you very much, Coach. Always a pleasure to have you on the program. That was Coach Joe Salerno. From the Moncton Magic, his Magic head over to St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labrador for a couple of big games in the Atlantic Division this weekend. Again, you can check out the live stream link on the Moncton Magic website. Until next time, I'm Scott Squires, and this has been the Magic Time Podcast. Have a great day, friends. We'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to the Magic Time Podcast, proudly brought to you by Firm Foundation Media.